There was no real build-up to that night. Nothing comes to mind as having been out of the ordinary. That said, it was not entirely out of the blue, either. It was as if I knew something was going to happen. Something terrifying. But I could do nothing to prevent it. After all, sleep will take you eventually, no matter how hard you try to fight it. Two nights previously, I had a dream. This wasn't unusual for me of late. I had given up alcohol in an attempt to become healthier and save a few pennies, so I had not been falling straight into a deep, dreamless sleep. My mind had been racing each evening, thinking over my plans for the next day, fantasizing about the murders of colleagues who had pissed me off, wondering if I would ever have the courage to date again. This last thought was almost the most prevalent, as fears of eternal loneliness led to thoughts of Emily and the fact that she was gone. Not dead, but she may as well have been. She walked out after a fight, one in which I was drunk again and never came back. She had ghosted me ever since. This life-shattering event caused me to drink even more than I already was, wallowing in self-pity, barely clinging on to my job. I was a mess, genuinely not caring what happened to me until one day something clicked. Yes, I was heartbroken, but this was no way to continue. So I kicked the booze and all those things that people say helped. I started eating properly, exercising, and keeping the flat clean. I shouldn't have been surprised, but it really did help. After two months without Emily, I could finally see a change in my life. That didn't stop me dreaming about her, though. As I mentioned earlier, two nights previous to that I had a dream. It was more like half a dream, if that makes sense but I guess no dreams really reach a logical conclusion. Emily was there, standing at the edge of a foreboding forest, wearing a red cape and hood, wicker basket in hand, as if she belonged in a fairy tale. I could feel myself approaching her, certain that she was looking at me. There was a sadness in her eyes, and she could not even manage a smile for me, but somehow I felt that we were going to embrace, perhaps even work things out. I got to within a few feet of her, and the sky erupted with a flash of lightning, causing Emily to look to the heavens with a panic on her face. Before I could get any closer, she turned on her heels and ran. At this point, I woke up. I hadn't thought much of it during the next day, putting it down to the fact that I'd missed Emily so deeply. The dream had been eerie. The woods at night having always heightened my anxiety, but the premise of Emily running from me was sadly self-explanatory. I had spent the day at work, as usual, keeping to myself, and then I had spent two hours at the gym. The exercise really did help, and I was in a good mood by the time I returned to my bed. I had never experienced recurring dreams before, but this was stranger still. In my dream state, I found myself approaching the entrance to the same forest. Emily exactly as she had been on the previous night. This time, however, there was a familiarity about the scene. It was as though, despite it being a dream, I could remember being there before. I continued on my path towards Emily, looking up to the sky, a moment before the lightning illuminated the dense clouds. I knew what would happen. I heard myself call out her name but she still turned and ran. My first thought was that I would awaken at that point, 
so I must have known that I was in a dream. A rumble of thunder brought me back to myself as the heavens opened, and a gale blew rain into my face. It's hard to explain whether it was a conscious decision or simply the obvious thing to do, but I ran into the forest. I couldn't say if it was merely for shelter from the storm or to follow Emily. Quite likely it was both. The darkness was virtually impenetrable, only ten feet into the woods, the only break from the darkness coming as the lightning cracked overhead, giving a split-second view of what lays before me. Nothing but blackened, gnarled branches surrounded me, and I just got the briefest glimpse of a red hood in the distance before she was gone completely. I woke this time trembling, my bedsheets dampened by sweat. This had been more unsettling than the previous night's dream, the feeling of dread permeating through to my waking hours. Yet despite the pain of seeing Emily run from me, regardless of the terror I felt in those dark and threatening woods, I longed to go back. Somehow I knew that I had no choice, and I spent the whole day in anticipation of bedtime. It was ironic, really, that I was so nervous and excited about getting back to the dream. I found it much harder to fall asleep. I thought about picking up a book, but feared that the story would influence what I had dreamed about. The same argument was made for not watching a film. So I settled for some comedy show that was on yet another rerun. I became afraid that I would get no further into the dream, as the time I had left for sleep was growing shorter, so I switched off my alarm. I'd call in sick if I didn't wake up in time naturally. I then pondered how time appears in dreams, how it isn't linear at all, how dreams can span days or weeks, and it was as I thought about this that I must have drifted off. And that was the night that changed everything. It's dark, and I'm approaching the entrance to a forest. When I say entrance, it's really just a small gap, but the path I am on seems to lead there. The tree line stretches as far as I can see to my left and right, with no other obvious entry points. As before, Emily stands at the entrance, dressed in red, looking at me. At least I think she is looking at me. She shows no expression on her face. The now expected flash of lightning comes. I call out her name and she runs. I pick up my pace, hoping to reach the shelter of the trees before the heavens open and almost make it. The thunder roars. The wind blows. It is as it was before. Almost. Dead branches crack under my feet as I fumbled my way into the forest. The darkness was as thick as I remembered it, but there was something else. A nagging thought. You remembered? I told myself reaching into my pocket and retrieving the thin torch. I twisted it on, pointing the beam at the uneven floor beneath me. I knew I was in a dream, but it seemed partially under my control. This was possibly the strangest feeling I have ever had. I shone the light as far as I could and caught another glimpse of Emily's red hood disappearing around a large tree. I called out to her once again. Emily! But she could not have heard me over the sound of the thunder and the wind shaking the trees. I needed to catch up with her. Traversing the forest was difficult, with branches and detritus littering the narrow path. 
considering how hard I was finding it. I could not fathom how Emily was able to move so quickly without a light to guide her. My own torch was concentrated on the ground immediately in front of me most of the time, but occasionally I would raise it in search of Emily. I spotted her in the distance on a number of occasions, always slightly too far away. Time is impossible to measure in a dream, but I was exhausted from the hike through the forest. I felt as though I'd been walking for hours, with no end in sight. The direction that I was walking seemed intuitive, but I'd had enough. Perhaps this was the lesson I needed to learn. I pondered. No matter how long I chase her for, she won't come back. Maybe I just need to give up. I turned around with every intention of heading back the way I had come, only to find the path I had taken was now inaccessible. The trees appeared to have spread their finger-like branches out to one another, removing any chance of me finding a way through. My journey was out of my hands, if it had ever actually been under my control. The forest wanted me to go on. This place had an unnerving hold over me, and all I could do was obey. I slept in my dream. As bizarre as that sounds, I must have walked for days, and on two occasions I could see myself from outside my body, sleeping in the dirt. I can only assume that day and night passed in that place, but the darkness of the forest remained constant. I never felt hungry or thirsty, never needed the bathroom, but the exhaustion from the hike was unmistakable. I remember thinking how pleased I was that I'd been exercising regular, and then told myself not to be stupid, as I'd only be doing that in the real world. Everything became confusing by this point, and I never expected to leave that place. What I believe represented my fourth day in the forest began with a scream. I knew that it was a scream of genuine terror, that the person who had unleashed that terrible sound was in mortal danger. I also knew the scream had come from Emily. My heart quickened, a need to find her and keep her safe taking me over. I picked up my pace. Adrenaline pushing me on. Despite my fatigue, legs grazing against claw-like branches as I broke into a run, my right hand held out the torch in front of me, while my left arm shielded my face from injury. The scream came again, louder this time, so I called out. If I could hear Emily, surely she could hear me. Emily! 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 My shout was only met with yet another scream, so I pushed on. My eyes were fixed on the narrow path I was running along, watching out for anything which may trip me over. My torchlight landed on something just ahead, a widening in the path, possibly an exit from the density of the forest. I sped up, desperate to reach something new. It was as I was approaching the opening that I realized the trees were moving. Just as the path back had become blocked by intertwining branches. The same thing appeared to be happening ahead of me. Was the forest trying to stop me from reaching Emily? I pushed as hard as I could for those last few meters, hitting the wall of branches with as much force as I could muster. They slowed me down, but I had enough momentum to break through, though not without injury. I fell forward into a clearing, my left arm stinging with cuts and bruises, rolling onto my back. I glanced at the tree line, 
only to see branches moving towards my ankles. Relentless wooden limbs determined to drag me back into their pit. I shuffled away from them quickly, lifting myself to my feet and walked with a limp towards the center of the clearing. Darkness still prevailed and I was unsure if it was night or just that this place never saw the sun. However, the darkness was not as suffocating as it had been within the forest, and I could make out the boundaries of the clearing. I found myself in a square of short grass, each side around 100 feet in length, and surrounded on all four sides by almost black trees, with no obvious entry points. I shone my torch around, could see no sign of life. I held my breath, trying desperately to figure out which direction to take in order to find Emily. Silence had descended. Even the wind had disappeared. Instinct had told me to head to the center of the clearing to gain a better view. I did not see the opening until I was almost upon it. I managed to save myself from falling, but only just. In what appeared to be the exact center of the clearing was a hole in the ground, only four feet in diameter and perfectly round. The fact that it was perfectly round suggested that it was man-made, or at least not just the sinkhole. That was the logic I used, despite nothing else in this dreamland making any sense. I searched around the clearing for another way, but knew it would be futile. That hole, tunnel, trap, whatever it was, would be the only way to go. I felt the fear gripping me once again, the knowledge that this was merely a dream, doing little to stop my heart racing, and I used my torch to illuminate the passage. The light could not penetrate far enough to see the bottom, but wooden blocks jutted out of the earth on one side, so I lowered myself in. Each step felt slick with damp and mud, and the risk of falling felt all too real. I managed to wedge the torch into one of my belt loops so that I could see the steps below and clung on for dear life as I made my descent, counting the steps as I went. I was sixty steps down when Emily's scream almost caused me to lose my footing. I could not see the bottom, so I did not dare move any quicker, but my determination to reach her grew stronger yet with that scream. Seventy steps in still darkness, eighty, and something looked different beneath me, ninety and I was almost there, one hundred steps exactly, and my feet were on solid ground. Too solid, perhaps, as I realized I was standing on concrete. For a moment I thought there was nowhere to go, but perhaps this was a disused well. But the darkness had disguised a most certainly man-made tunnel. After praising myself again for bringing the torch, I took a hesitant step inside. Another scream. The time for being afraid was over. So what if I died in a dream? Emily was taking too long to get to. I decided to run. Aside from the inconvenience of the darkness, the floor was even and easy to run on. Another scream echoed through the tunnel, louder yet again. I kept moving, certain that Emily would be nearby. The tunnel felt endless as I ran and ran, the screams coming more often and more loudly, until I found the end. Perhaps found is the wrong word. I came flying through the end of the tunnel into a circular room illuminated by hundreds of candles and collided with a figure in a black robe. In the center of the room was a pillar, 
of solid stone, ornately carved with images of trees, and tied to the pillar stood Emily. Her pale white arms were stretched behind her, tied together on the other side of the pillar. Her face was red and blotchy, eyes puffy from crying, yet she still looked beautiful. The red cape and hood outfit was short, revealing her legs in all their glory. Alabaster skin now coated in dried blood from scratches, her bare feet now swollen and stained crimson. The forest had not been kind to her, either. Emily! I shouted, but there was no reply. She did not even look at me, her eyes transfixed on one of the candles. She was oblivious of my presence, but the figure in the robe was not. He turned to face me, and I shoved him, but in my weakened state it was not enough to knock him off his feet. He lunged towards me, throwing me against the wall. I tried to see beneath the hood, but all I could make out was a mask of some kind. A wolf, perhaps. He landed several hard blows to my stomach and I dropped. Weakly, I called out to Emily again. Nothing. My attacker brought his leg up, causing his booted foot to connect with my jaw, sending a tooth flying from my mouth. I tasted blood. I saw my Emily in distress and I lost it. I was consumed by rage, the likes of which I had never felt before. As the figure swung his leg towards me again, I grabbed it, toppling him over. Before I even knew what I was doing, I was on top of him, my hands around his throat. I could feel him begin to weaken, so I lifted my right hand and removed the wolf mask. It took a few seconds for my sleep-deprived mind to process what I was seeing, and when it did, I fell back in horror. Who are you? I asked, my voice barely inaudible. I already knew the answer. I was sure of it, but I needed to hear it from this thing, this monster. Why do you wear my face? I demanded. You're wearing my face. It countered. My old face. I didn't understand it at all, causing my frustration to grow. You're not making any fucking sense! I yelled. Why can't Emily see or hear me? What have you done to her? Metaphors, I was told. What don't you understand? You seem to follow the first two dreams perfectly well. I thought back to them, and he was right. Emily was there, running away from me, just like in real life. But this is completely different. Not really. You just continued chasing her. You were persistent. Some women might find that flattering, but Emily didn't. She wanted to be left alone, to be free of you, of us. We chased her relentlessly. The screaming only started when we caught up with her, took her back. We will never stop chasing her until we win her back. But it isn't what she wants. So? I began slowly, trying to analyze this bizarre dream. You're saying that if I kept chasing her, then we'll be together again, but she won't be happy. That's for sure. But... I continued. I haven't even tried to contact her for weeks. I've sorted myself out. I'm trying to move on. 
You really don't see it, do you? All the self-improvement you've been patting yourself on the back about. It's all for her. You think if you quit drinking, work out a bit, she'll come back. And she will. But when she does, you'll revert back to the nasty bastard you were when she was there. I wouldn't do anything to ruin a second chance like that. I protested. But you will. I'm you. And you're me. I know what happens. And it isn't pretty. There's only one way to prevent that from happening. Which is? I asked. Already knowing the answer. You have to die. I woke up in a mess. My hands shook, my breathing shallow. Bedsheets soaked through once again. It had all been too real. I glanced at the clock to find it was almost midday. Too late for work, I decided. Made my way to the kitchen in search of coffee. Passing the front door, I noticed the larger-than-usual pile of post. Coffee first. I turned my phone on, ready to sound ill. As I called my employer, the manager answered on the third ring, and I went into my spiel about feeling sick last night, how I must have slept through my alarm. I told him I was sorry for not calling earlier. I should think so, too, he replied. If you are sick, then you need to let us know straight away, not the next bloody week. Get yourself sorted. Be here tomorrow, or I'll be taking action. The phone went dead. My mind began racing. The dream still clear in my head. The voyage through the forest, which had felt like days of walking. I looked at the screen on my mobile, and I didn't believe it. I switched on the small TV in the kitchen and checked the listings. Finally, I moved to the front door, picked up the free paper from the pile on the mat. Five days had passed. Everything came to me all at once. Everything that the wolf-mask-wearing version of me had said. Was it only a dream? I've never heard of anyone sleeping for that long. And would Emily come back to me? Would I end up hurting her, going through all this again one day? There's only one way to prevent that from happening. The words hit me, and I knew the truth behind them. I took a knife from the block on the kitchen side and lacerated both forearms. A peace came over me in that instant, certain that I had done the best thing for Emily. As blackness took over my vision, I heard the knock at the door. I could just about make out the red hood and gown through the glass pane. Just in time? I thought. I saved you, Emily. 